This is the Marsh and Matt Show with Marshall Kellner and Matt Gallivan. Welcome to another edition of the Marsh and Matt Show. Marshall Kellner and Matt Gallivan back with you. Reviewing week one of the Minnesota Vikings season and uh, looking ahead to week two. And uh, we do talk about other sports as well. But uh, right now, it's uh, all Minnesota Vikings all the time. Now, if the Twins go to Cleveland and take four or five or all five, uh, we may have a different, uh, a different scenario to, to discuss as far as that team goes uh, on next week's episode. But for now, uh, Matt, what a, what a start for the Vikings. Uh, just really dominating Green Bay from start to finish in that game. Uh, they got the ball first, Green Bay deferred. They went right down, scored a touchdown and fourth and goal from the one-yard line on the pass to J.J. and start of what was an incredible day for Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins on point. Kevin O'Connell wins his opener uh, as head coach and looks great doing so, uh, calling the plays and managing the clock perfectly. And, and the defense held Aaron Rodgers and the Packers down all game, especially after that drop by Christian Watson on their first play. I mean, it really could not have gone much better. For the Vikings in week one your thoughts this is the Vikings team uh we've been clamoring for uh for the last couple of years this was the offense that we wanted to see uh, and couldn't were routinely disappointed um under the conservative style of the previous regime uh, the defense uh, was exciting again, uh, having Daniil Hunter healthy, pairing him with Zadarius, uh, g- having multiple guys with a, with a stack. Uh, it was all around a inspiring performance. It's one game, but there was something that seemed different about this team, uh, just culturally, environmentally, the, they seemed looser they were uh they were playing more free you were seeing kirk move around in the pocket unlike you know really anything we've ever seen from him as a viking uh obviously jj had the phenomenal performance that's to be expected uh but you know we're gonna see you know teams try and adjust to that and then that's gonna open up you know kj and and Thielen, hopefully irv smith as well they're just there was so much to like about this debut. I know the Packers are adjusting. I know they had injuries. They're going to be fine um, and be more competitive next time. But from start to finish, it was a pretty uh, dominating performance. And there was still room for improvement for the Vikings that will happen as time goes along. So, you know, it, it's one game. Don't want to, you know, they could lay an egg on Monday night, uh, but hard to not be impressed with the start of this new regime. Yeah, you'd really have to be nitpicking to to complain about this game. Uh, JJ, you, you know, we we knew the Packers were missing some, some pieces offensively. We talked about it last week. I mean, obviously they lost Devontae Adams in the offseason, but even that the, guy, the guys they still do have, David Bakhtiari, and Elton Jenkins were out, their two tackles. When, when you're going against Daniil and Zedarius, that is not ideal at all. And then they have Alan Lazard, who is going to be like the new bailout guy, like Devontae Adams was, uh, not to that level, but 
you know, he's a six, five weapon um, who's pretty fast and good in the red zone and a really great run blocking receiver as well. So he's gone. So Watson's forced into duty and he drops his first pass. Welcome to the national football league. Um, so, you know, the game's probably different if he, if he makes that catch, I still think the Vikings win. Uh, they were the better team on Sunday, but the, the whole complexion of that game changed. I'm shocked. The Packers didn't go back to the deep ball and try to check, uh, try to, uh, check to make sure Patrick Peterson hadn't aged 10 years as it looked like he had when Watson dusted him on that move. Um, so, you know, luckily Peterson settled down and played a good rest of the game, but Rogers was rattled. And then I think he was really rattled after another. So that was a big play. So was the fourth down stop. And so was the sack the fourth down stop on the goal line. When the Packers play calling, I don't know what they were doing with a shotgun handoff on the goal line, but an excellent play by Harrison Phillips to really start that penetration there um, on, on that play. Phillips was phenomenal um, in, in week number one. And, and then also you had the sack by Jordan Hicks, the strip sack where Dalvin Tomlinson emerged with the ball kind of late. And it took, I was at the game. It took a while for us to realize that the Vikings had recovered the football there. Um, But uh, that was another play where Jordan Hicks, if you look back, there's a great film session on Vikings.com with Pete Bursich and Kevin O'Connell. And O'Connell chose to spotlight that play in particular because Jordan Hicks was supposed to cover the running back on that play. Zadarius Smith absolutely blew up one of the most physical running backs in the league in A.J. Dillon. Just, Just put him on his behind. And and put a lick on Rodgers, forced him to roll out. Hicks was supposed to cover the running back. He noticed that Zadarius had taken Dylan out of the play. So he came towards Rodgers, started rushing the quarterback, and boom, put a put an absolute shot on Rodgers, the two-time reigning MVP. And Rodgers was down for quite some time and lost the ball. Um, the fourth down play and that play in particular were the two kind of, I think, key moments of the game. Um, and uh, the Vikings handled both of them wonderfully. Uh, but the Packers defensively, they had everybody. They had everybody. And the offensive line created good pockets for Kirk most of the day. Like you said, when there was pressure, he eluded it nicely. Um, that, that one to J.J. in particular, where he stepped up into the pocket and just launched it. It wasn't like the most beautiful spiral, but it, it landed right in the breadbasket. I like how people were complaining about that that pass somehow like it was a beautiful step up in the pocket perfect pass to jj who ran out and by the way he threw him open on that play he was not open when kirk released that ball he threw jj open at least three separate times in that game um so kirk was kirk was on point and, and i think um the the last couple things jj i mean may, maybe they want to cover him i mean that's twice in a row at us bank stadium where he is absolutely torched the Green Bay Packers secondary, Jair Alexander maybe was supposed to cover him, but they moved J.J. around so much pre-snap that he ran a lot of his routes from inside. And, and Ben Lieber mentioned this this week in something I saw, I think, on KFAN. He, he, he ran a lot of his routes inside. They don't want Jair inside. So, it, you know, then, then J.J. ends up on Stokes or he ends up on, on, uh, on Darnell Savage or Adrian Amos. Uh, the, the safeties who are good, but they can't keep up with JJ. And he ended up being wide open on multiple occasions. It, it, you know, it was expected that he'd have a good game. I don't know if it was expected he'd have 184 and two. Uh, that was unbelievable. 
Um, but like like you said, the good thing is the Vikings controlled that whole game. So Kevin O'Connell, he didn't have to reveal much. And, and mysteries on the Vikings side right now still because they didn't do anything in the preseason. They didn't have to show much in that game. And now you got a situation with Philly, and we'll get into that game next, which will be a challenge, but still the unpredictability um, and the savvy of Kevin O'Connell, that's on the Vikings side, at least the first quarter of the season. So, and then the last thing is Kirk, you're right. I love that after the game, he takes ownership, gets the game balls from the owners, the Wilfs, Mark and Ziggy, who were both there and hands them to Quasey and Kevin O'Connell a class act by a guy who's really gained a lot of respect in that locker room. He had it already, but, but he's, that's his team. That's his team now. And, uh, and Kirk is fully comfortable, I think with the head coach. Yeah. I mean, the combination of the Kirk with the game balls after Kirk, you know, how people appeared on the sideline, the whole, you know, uh, Kirk going on Dan Patrick show after, you know, uh, Kevin O'Connell getting slimed after the Nickelodeon player of the week thing and challenging the players that saying he will be the one they'll do every time. Everything indicated that this was not the, um, I'll say a little tongue in cheek, but the reign of terror that it's very clear th- the atmosphere was under Zimmer towards the end, whether that's fair or not, or was the, you know, that there were other contributing factors. So it just, they looked like so much a different team, you know, the, as you were saying, clearly they're doing so much to get these guys open and, and they've got other tricks up their sleeve uh, to, you know, better utilize Thielen and Osborne as people trying to adjust to JJ moving around so much. I mean, they can only do so much, but um, they've got a lot of tools at their disposal, you know, and I think the other thing we have to touch on is, the offense didn't stall after just one drive. They repeatedly put together other drives. Yes, they would have liked to score more touchdowns, put more points on the board, but there was a lot of positive uh, things to take away from the offense not having so many three and outs uh, like they did last year. And then defensively, they didn't give up points at the end of half. In fact, they got a turnover at the end of the half, and they didn't give up points at the end of the game, and they got a fourth and goal stop. Now, some of that was they've just been historically bad uh, defensively in those situations the last two years and offensively in particular last year on the three and outs. Um, so some of that was going to return back to earth, but it's also scheming. It's also, you know, approach, uh, it's execution, and it's also the cultural mindset. And I think all those things appeared to be different, which bodes well for the season. Yeah, uh, two things, and then and then I want to ask you a question. Um, first of all, Zadarius Smith, what an absolute freak of nature athlete he is, and he was playing with his hair on fire. Awesome to see him get the sack of his former teammate. You almost knew that was going to happen at some point in the game, but the his versatility, how they can use him on the outside lining him up inside he like i mentioned earlier blew up aj dillon he was blowing up the interior of that line on a routine basis he just brings an added dimension and then daniel hunter obviously to have those two that is the key defensively this year you can talk about patrick peterson's age or Andrew Booth Jr., his continued injury issues, getting Lewis seen on the field, you know, 
uh, uh, Jordan Hicks had a really good game with 14 tackles. Eric Hendricks looked good. Um, Tomlinson and, and Phillips were good on the interior of the line. I mean, really, a lot of good things when you hold Rodgers to seven points. But those two guys are the difference. And I loved during the introductions, they came out together. Um, they were the last two introduced, and Daniil and Zedarius came out together. They've just developed such a good relationship already, and both are so versatile. Both, both are good against the run. Um, and, and it's just it's just uh, awesome, awesome to see. And then the second thing I was going to say is we have to give some props to Greg Joseph. It's one thing to be talked about during the preseason and training camp and the whole offseason program is, you know, he's doing well, he's looking the best he ever has. It's another thing to do it in a game. Granted, they were winning the whole game, and we haven't seen like a kick to win the game like he missed against Arizona last year. But other than that, he was pretty damn good last year. But how about just going out and casually hitting a 56-yarder? And if he misses that, it gives Green Bay excellent field position and a chance to get back into the game. He drilled that. It would have been good from 66. Uh, Greg Joseph, big-time weapon right now for this special teams unit. Um, and Ryan Wright as well. Some excellent punts. Give them credit. Ryan Wright, rookie punter. They got rid of Jordan Berry, who had by all indicate, you know, by all measures, a pretty good year last year for them. It's and held well for Joseph. So not only the punting, but the holding um was really good. It, you you cannot complain about the Vikings special teams unit, which uh that don't take that for granted. Um, no, we saw we saw for most really, of, I really liked what I saw from Greg Joseph in that in that game. We saw for most of the NFL why special teams matters. I mean that Bengals Steelers game and having a backup holder. I mean, you you had a a, a safety doing you know kicks in another game because of injuries. I mean, so special teams matter, and and you are right that our special teams uh, looked promising, including um, Rager, by the way, including Jalen Rager, who we talked about last week, the new punt returner. He had a nice little return there, caught the ball fluidly, um, all all good as far as special teams go, and, and Kenny Wangwu. Got one chance at a kick return. Uh, you know he's going to pop one or two this season based on last year. That guy is a big-time weapon. So the question, though, I had for you is, if you had to nitpick one or two things from this game that you want to see improve, because when you're uh, first-place operation, granted only one week, you, it, it's good to nitpick, you know. Uh, we, we have high expectations for this team. You predicted 11 wins. I said 12. So – um, what, what would you say heading into week two, you want to see get better? Uh, so I would say I'll do two on defense and one on offense, um, you know, very quickly and we might have some overlap, but I would say run D needs to be better. Um, they did start getting that going in the second half. Now it's AJ Dillon, you know, mostly big body. Um, but they, there were some gashing plays and that's what, sort of allowed them to temporarily get some more momentum uh, there in the second half. So that's got to be better. Uh, certainly the, you know, there were some plays where the secondary might've appeared to get burned and, you know, so the speed on the outside and, and making sure that they're not going to be susceptible to big pay plays uh, with the DBs, I think will be important to sure up, um, you know, for future games because uh, that can just be such a dagger, um, you know, to, when when you're playing well to to give up big plays like that, and if you you need to be able to stop that if you're gonna 
hang with the the big boys and, and compete for, you know, in the playoffs and for the Super Bowl. And then finally, offensively, you know, they did get the run game going late, you know, and I'm fine with that. I like the idea of setting it up with the pass and, and allowing Delvin to finish games. So that was good. But clearly still um, there's room for improvement from Bradbury and Ingram to get better on pass blocking. Um, and there's some stuff that they could do to uh, get the run going a little bit, you know, more effectively earlier in the game. So that's what stood out to me. Yeah, well, I agree. I agree with everything you said. Ed Ingram had a couple rough moments, but when you're facing Kenny Clark, that is going to happen. Kenny Clark might be the best at his position in the league. We've seen him terrorize the Vikings for years. Uh, but what did they do? They started running at him. They started running away from him at times. Like, it, it was fine. It, it ended up being okay, and Ed Ingram had some good moments in that game, as did Garrett Bradbury getting out on some screens. Um, the screen game, Kevin O'Connell utilized Garrett Bradbury's athleticism. Um, what I would say, the big thing offensively, third down. Third down has to be better. Four of 13 on third down. They converted some big ones early in the game, but in the second half, it uh, it it dropped off a little bit. So you'd like to see that third down number improve. Um, it's going to have to. And then I would say as well, um, the gouging plays on the ground, and that'll give us a good uh, segue into next week's game. Uh, there were some there were some big runs um, that uh, that Dylan in particular had in the second half, and Jones too. Jones only carried it five times, which is wild. Five times, forty nine yards. So he did have um, a decent yards per carry, and uh, and that's that's going to have to improve against the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, we may as well go there. Um, this is. This is going to be a big test early. A lot of people think the Eagles, I, I would have to say they're now with Dak Prescott out for quite some time, at least six weeks, they say, five, six weeks. Um, the Eagles have to be the favorite in the NFC East in a, in a bad division. Uh, Washington looks awful. The Giants did win, but I don't think they're going to be a factor when it's all said and done. And in Philly, you know, they have an improving Jalen Hurts. He's been really good at the end of last season and certainly in week one. Um, and, you know, second year head coach, Sirianni, um, they, they're they're steadily improving and they got a nice, uh, some parts of their team are young. Some parts of their defensive front are old with the exception of, of Jordan Davis. But just looking at what they did against the Detroit Lions, Detroit almost came back and won that game. Um, but Philadelphia hung on. 38-35. They gave up 14 in the fourth quarter to Detroit. So you want to look at good for Philly, what they did on the ground. All four of their touchdowns came on the ground, all four of their offensive touchdowns. Um, they rushed for 216 yards, 96 yards for Miles Sanders, a 7.4 average. Jalen Hurts carried it 17 times for 90 yards. So you talk about a totally different game plan. Rodgers can run, but he doesn't run to run. He runs to pass most of the time. He can pick up some first downs with his legs, but Jalen Hurts is a running quarterback, 90 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And then Gainwell and Scott combined for nine carries for 30 yards. They rushed for 216 in the game. And then their big weapon on the receiving side was A.J. Brown. 10 catches, 155 yards in his Eagles debut. Didn't get into the end zone. All their ends, all their touchdowns came 
from about two yards and in. So he, he wasn't a factor, but he had a 54 long. I mean, he was, he was really good. The negative for Philadelphia was that they gave up on the ground 144 yards to DeAndre Swift on only 15 carries. That's a 9.6 average. Um, that's not good at all. Uh, so that, that would be the big negative for Philadelphia. In addition to Hertz was not that great um, throwing the ball, 18 of 32, 7.6 average. That was, that was good. His rating was 80.6, his passer rating. So that's enough on the numbers. But basically, they were really good on the ground, and A.J. Brown caught some balls. But they could not stop DeAndre Swift in, the, in that game either. So we'll see. They, I, I think they're going to make some corrections uh, on, on their run defense. Listening to, uh, to Paul Allen and his analysis yesterday, I um, was listening to that at the gym this morning, actually, on the podcast, and very interesting. He, he was saying he thinks K.J. Osborne could have a very big game. Johnny Munt, Irv Smith Jr., we did not hear from Irv in week one, um, coming back off the, the injury. So, you know, um, everyone will make adjustments, but this could be a big KJ Osborne game if they have time, because they're going to be keyed in on Dalvin after that, that performance they had in week one. Um, It could be some of the Vikings secondary options that they look to in this game. And and we'll see if they can cover JJ. That'll be the first task for, for Philadelphia and defensively. It's going to have to be all hands on deck against Jalen Hurts to keep him in the pocket and make him win it with his arm. Yeah, I I agree with most of what you said. I think that the offense is going to need to have long extended drives, uh, you know, systematic drives to keep Philly's offense off the field. Um, just so that the defense doesn't get tired because you go back and you look at their drives as you were talking about, you know, Hertz isn't the most accurate. Um, his average ended up being okay, but like it, you go back and look at the play by play and most of it is successful runs, uh, by him or the running backs, as well as then short passes, you know, AJ Brown did get his yards, but it was on a lot of catches, you know, so it, it really did build up and so they like to have these longer drives uh you know and and don't seem to have quite the game breaking ability that the vikings have unless it's hurts getting out on with his legs and making a big uh play and so clearly quarterback contain going to be key uh run defense going to be key shutting that down um tackling uh it seems cliche to say but if they're going to do the short pass game our d-backs need to to show that they can keep everything in front of them and wrap up so that those short gains don't turn into big plays that really open up their offensive playbook because if you can shut them down keep the 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 throws and completions short uh and contain hurts and and keep the run game in check you're going to make them have to beat you with your arm deep. And I'm not sure that he can do that. And so that, that comes from offensive execution, uh, keeping them off the field, putting the pressure on, converting to touchdowns. Um, you know, a lot of it is just standard football, but I think if they can do containment and they can, um, you know, really, you know, keep doing what they did on offense last time to build and turn more into six points, 
then I think they'll have a, a, a good shot to win this game. Yeah, uh, it, it's going to be keeping keeping Hurts contained. I mean, I really I really do think so. Um, how do they cover AJ Brown will be interesting. Um, Andrew Booth Jr. Um, was the only Viking to not practice at least on their first day of practice on Thursday. We're recording this on a Friday. They haven't released their Friday injury report yet. But Lewis Seen is going to make his debut in this game. And, and that could be big. That could be big. Cam Bynum and Harrison Smith played great week one. But we've seen Ed Donatel before experiment with three safety looks. And in a game where you're worried about the quarterback running, uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea to get another DB out on the field. So you, you could potentially see some three safety looks in this game. Keep A.J. Brown in check and also keep Jalen Hurts. And you can bring one of those safeties up near the line, whether that's Harrison or Bynum or Lewis Seen. Uh, Lewis Seen is not afraid to stick his nose in there and make plays. Um, also, got to keep in mind, we had a great interview with uh, P.A. And, and Jordan Hicks this week. I didn't even realize Jordan Hicks was on that Philly team that won the Super Bowl and beat the Vikings in the NFC title game, but he wasn't playing. He was actually out for the season. And interestingly, uh, Jim Schwartz was the defensive coordinator for Philadelphia. Uh, and Hicks said he really kept him involved and to the point where Hicks felt like he was a key part of the team, even though he wasn't playing. Um, he, he helped in game planning and was in all the meetings and stuff. So uh, he really appreciated that. This will be his first time. And then he spent three years in Arizona. Now he's with the Vikings. First time back in Philly. So hard to believe he didn't go there at least preseason or sometime with Arizona, but he did not. And this will be his first time back, and uh, the cussing will be directed at him and his teammates rather than uh, rather than um, you know them cheering for for Mr. Hicks. But uh, it's I, I think Eric Kendricks was saying too. He loves playing in uh, in Philadelphia. He loves the challenge of playing when everybody's rooting against you, and uh, frankly, wishing death on your family. <laughs> You, you normally don't say that, but uh, Philly, it's at a different level. So uh, it, it should be fun, especially on a Monday night, their home opener. Um, it's going to be electric in there. Yeah, I'd like to see the Vikings go and do exactly what they did to start off against Green Bay to silence that, you know, uh, famously uh, intense and profane uh, crowd. Um, you know, I And think then they the start, if you start beating them, they turn against the home team. No doubt. <laughs> so... Well, yeah, that's that, another thing. That, you get an early lead there. It becomes salty against the home team a little bit as well. And that's what I'm, I'm very interested to see how aggressive Donatel is with the defense. Do they had a lot of success rushing the passer uh, against the Packers, um, getting some sacks. Um, they didn't blitz a lot. And they didn't blitz a lot. No. And so it, do they stick with that um, in part because they want to play conservatively and trying to, keep contain or do they take more risks in putting pressure on Hertz and can they do that effectively where the pocket might collapse, but he can't get out and, and, and run for a big play. But if you're successful at it, he's the type, he's the type of quarterback that because of his issues with accuracy, he's more likely to force a play and get some turnovers and give you really some momentum. So that's one factor. I'm just really interested to see, um, are they going to blitz more against him, take that risk uh, that he might get outside of containment and, and make a big play with his legs in order to 
try and force some turnovers, put them in longer positions where they can't just methodically do their their short run, short pass game. Uh, that that to me is is a interesting to see how they're going to do that. It is. Um, I think it's time for some predictions. What do you What do you think? I uh, I don't want to get too excited because of this first performance. I don't, it's not going to be like that all year. They're going to have off games. Uh, they're still going to be adjusting and get better. They're going to get beat uh, more than likely by some, you know, better teams or have a game where they drop to someone who they shouldn't. Uh, last week, I predicted that they would win this game. I'm going to, you know, stick with that after what we saw this week. Uh, I think they're going to put, a, we're going to put a few more points on the board this time. I'm going to go. 31-17 Vikings. Oh, wow. That two touchdowns. You know, I don't know. I've been going back and forth on this because I think this was when I went through and did it and, and, and you know, the Martian Macho crowd didn't get the pleasure of, of hearing me go through every game. It was just me uh, quizzing you um, and asking you for your opinion. Um, but I, I did do the same thing. You'll just have to take me at my word. And and I said 12 and five, and I think this was one of the losses. Um, so I've gone, I've gone back and forth on this, but I, I have a sneaking suspicion they're, they're going to pull it off. Um, I don't think Philly's secondary is nearly as good as green Bay's. Now Philly's O line without the guys green Bay with the guys green Bay was missing. Philly's O line might be the best in the league. So you're going to see a better O line. But, uh, I mean, if they can contain Brown, Devontae Smith had nothing last week. No catches in that game. Uh, I think Rager may come back and make a sneaky play on special teams, or maybe they have some gadget play for him offensively. Uh, but I think as long as they can give Kirk enough time, that's always the key. But especially against this big physical front Philly has, I don't think it's better than Green Bay's. I mean, Jordan Davis is tough, but they'll just run away from him. Um, I think we can gouge them on, on the ground a little bit. I think you may see some runs to the outside with Penny Wangwu in this game because they want to run to the outside more and they can utilize his speed. Maybe you even see Ty Chandler, but I think Wangwu, the more likely guy there, and maybe a little less Alexander Madison because his forte is running in between the tackles. We saw him do it very nicely at times last week. Um, so I think I just have a sneaking suspicion and I feel like they'll have a Donatel will have a good plan for Hertz. Um, I don't think, you know, he's going to gouge him a couple times. No question. He's too talented and his confidence is brimming and gaining week by week. Uh, when you go back to last year as well, but I, I think I more think they win it on a field goal by Greg Joseph. I'll go with, uh, what I, what I thought earlier, I think Greg Joseph is feeling really good and he is going to walk off a winner. And I will go 30-27. 30-27. I think your prediction at 31 point, that's, that's about right. I, I think they are going to score some more points in this game. It'll just be a little more back and forth. But, uh, yeah, I'll go 30-27 Vikings in this one. Um, and, uh, yeah, then they keep rolling. Look at the schedule 
if they can win this game. You don't want to look too far ahead. But then you got the Lions at home, which will be tough on a short week. I said that last week. Tough on a short week. Physical Lions offensive line comes to town next week and a much improved team. So you could have, and they could be desperate for a win. They're, they could be 0-2, needing a win to really stay in it. So I think, um, but if they, if they get this, then they have the Lions, then they have the Saints in London, and then they come back against the Bears. So, I mean, 5-0 is a real possibility. Um, and how exciting would that be? But the, you have to get this win. The Packers, the Packers are almost surely going to beat Chicago in Sunday Night Football. And you'll know that before this game. But you want to stay ahead of them. Make them chase you all season long. Have that lead, really, until we play them again at Lambeau Field on New Year's Day. It's a long time between those games. Not typical. So um, make them chase you. I think the, the Vikings do sneak this one out. This would, this would make a statement. It's one thing to beat Green Bay at home. We've done that before. Um, it's another thing to go on the road in a very hostile atmosphere on Monday night football in a standalone game. I guess there'll be some overlap with that first Monday night game, but all eyes will be on this football game, certainly by the end. And uh, they got the Buck and Aikman crew doing it. I'll be listening to the Vikings radio network over the top, so I won't hear Buck and Aikman. Uh, I'll have PA Bursich and Lieber on, but uh, I think it's going to be great. And uh, I, I think they pull it off. Final thoughts? Anything anything else? Uh, I, I would just say, as you talked about that stretch, I, I focus on the first four games as, as kind of the, you know, the first quarter for, you know, it's, there are more games than that, but, you know, uh, technically. But to me, uh, you really want to go at least three and one in that stretch. And so winning this would uh, be a big deal in getting to that at least three and one because those London games are weird. They're bad games. They're, they're really unpredictable. And so winning this would really put you in a great position to exit that sort of first month of the season, first quarter uh, at a good record, um, you know, in terms of, you know, being three and one um, or better yet four and oh, uh, but uh, pressure really gets on you to win that London game. Uh, if you know that's a crapshoot, if you drop this game, so it'd I be think a, we're going to have to watch that uh, London game together and have some uh, have some breakfast with the Vikes that day. Uh, I think that's I think that's going to have to happen. So, um, all right, that's it for this week. We will uh, we'll talk to you again next week after the uh, the Monday nighter. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the Sunday without Vikings. Maybe get some. Get some yard work done. Get outside. Enjoy one of the final uh, nice fall weekends. Hopefully not one of the final ones. We still got a lot of September, all of October to go. So, uh, yeah, hopefully it's a long fall this year. But uh, enjoy that on Sunday and enjoy the festivities on Monday night. Vikings and Eagles at 730. All right, that'll do it for Matt Gallivan. I'm Marshall Kellner. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.